0: The Bazaar is an explicit radio program. Listener discretion
1: is advised.
0: Welcome. Got something that might interest you.
1: (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Bazaar, episode 34 right now. Tonight's guest I have with me M.F. Wall. She is an author and today we talk about her new book and at the time of recording that will be out tomorrow the 9th of March. So there's some pre-order goodies if you get them in. There will be some links in the show notes to that but there will be extra materials. There's even going to be a book about a dog. We all want to know about the dogs. We've all seen John Wick. What happens when dogs go missing. So there had to be a little supplemental book involved in that yeah I guess there isn't that much more to say really today just everyone thanks for listening I saw a few new reviews up on iTunes great for that all the new listeners I have a few hailing from Palestine Egypt Mexico welcome to the show and uh, yeah I guess without further ado sit back relax and enjoy my chat with Mrs. Wall Hello everyone and welcome back to the show I have with me M.F. Wall she is an author but today she's going to tell you first what she's all about M.F. welcome to the show how are you
0: I'm well thank you how are you
1: I am absolutely excellent we are all snowed in here over in Dublin we are all panicking running around like headless chickens with minus four degrees Celsius While everyone on the continent I've seen up to minus 27, yet we have a five-day weekend here. But how is it over in Canada right now? Uh,
0: surprisingly, we have uh, no snow on the ground, although we did two days ago. It, it warmed up to about uh, oh, 11 degrees Celsius today, so my kids were complaining that they were hot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like over here as well, if we get any bit of sun. If the clouds break, we're pretty much out in the T-shirts. <laughs>
0: That's they're 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 crazy here with that. They're like, Oh, it's time for shorts.
1: Well, before we get anywhere, if the audience don't know who you are, would you like to give a little bit of background about what you're all about?
0: Sure, I'm an author. Um, I have been writing for quite a while, I went to uh film school in oh back in the early 2000s and uh that's when i realized that i wanted to do writing for a living and i tried for quite a while to break into doing uh writing screenplays and that kind of stuff uh that's a even tougher racket than uh writing novels and and fiction and that kind of stuff so eventually um about four years ago I decided to transfer over to fiction, um, and that's where I'm at right now. Uh, and I have a, a new novel coming out, and uh, I do short stories and, and that kind of stuff. And I I really enjoy what I do quite a bit.
1: Excellent. Well, the talk of today is your new novel, but you're not getting off the hook that easily because we're going to have to <laughs> probe a little deeper first. Now, doing my due diligence as I had to. You said you had creative writing classes starting at the age of 10. Can you sort of talk us through, was that really the start of the writing back then?
0: Uh, actually, I I don't think that I've ever taken a creative writing class, but I did have, um, we had in fifth grade, we had like, um, it wasn't a creative writing class, it was just like, Kind of where they said write a book. You know, you have right. a, a <laughs> you have a classroom of, of a bunch of ten uh, year olds, and and they say uh, here you go, um, write a book, and uh, these are sentences. So <laughs> so that's where I made my I wrote my first uh, book, my first horror book, actually. Um, I still have it somewhere. It's just this like cardboard thing that the the teacher the teachers they typed up there about. Um, uh, skulls in the back of a car that were glowing or something I can't remember exactly what the uh, the very loose plot of it was it's about I don't know six pages two lines a page um, right. and then you just we just kind of like drew on our uh, like in crayon drew our drew the pictures yeah there yeah and uh, my teachers at that age were not impressed by my writing and told me that I was uh, writing things that were way too gory and that I should write stuff like the other girls and the other girls were writing um, stories about Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, swooping in to save them from certain things uh, and other similar stuff like that. But, you know, it was never my cup of tea. I've always been uh, keen on the darker side of things.
1: Right. And then just before the writing, what would have been your gory influences then? You were mentioning R.L. Stein. Stein or Stein? Yeah. I never got that right.
0: I th- I think it's Stein, but you know, I'm really terrible with pronunciations. So <laughs> if I say it's Stein, it's probably Stein.
1: <laughs> like Weinstein <laughs> and Weinstein right now is not yeah. a good look. <laughs> um,
0: Yeah. By that age, by, by 10 years old, I had um, read everything in my local library. Um, I had had to get special permission from my parents to be in the adult section the librarians weren't impressed with me being over there because of the the material the reading material that i was reading um, but i had already read all the stuff in the kids room that i had wanted to read um, and i was really into uh the occult uh and, you know stuff like um did and did giant anacondas really exist like the uh and hypnosis and ghosts and and that kind of stuff in the in the rl stein stuff as well so i graduated over to the adult section where i was reading stuff on serial killers and the the more adult kind of occultish stuff hypnosis um and on my my parent my mom is a big stephen kings fan herself so i had already read stuff like uh tommy knockers um at that point and like pet cemetery and stuff like that and uh the stuff like lord of the rings and stuff i had already read as well so that i think all i'm i've always been a big fan of uh that kind of stuff and so it just by 10 years old that had already i guess shaped me plus the fact that i had was a big fan of horror movies by that point as well
1: right so you think your mother was the main influence there when it came to the horror do you think?
0: well i don't know because my dad when my mom used to work nights uh she's a nurse so she often used to work nights um and a lot of times my dad i think uh it was like cinemax or hbo like back in the day it was like a big deal when we got cable um and my dad would watch stuff like uh, killer clowns from outer space and uh, uh critters and gremlins and that kind of stuff and I think by five years old, I had watched Gremlins. <laughs> um, and, and funny enough, I actually let my five-year-old watch Gremlins this Christmas because it is a Christmas movie. And uh, he absolutely loved it. He thought it was great. Uh, but he grew up with me also. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like not really continues. scared of that kind yeah. of stuff.
0: And it's it's so dated now, too. It's dated in a way that kind of makes it funny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I was, a, I was watching that kind of stuff around uh well gremlins was much earlier i can't remember exactly when killer clowns from outer space and like critters and and that kind of stuff came out but i was watching like, all of that stuff jaws i remember watching at a, a fairly young age and um i was really into to that stuff uh movies were just as big of an influence i think as uh, the writing is uh, i ended up with film school because that's what i thought that's where i thought i wanted to go originally but right. you know how life works out so
1: yeah well when you were reading goosebumps i probably would have been watching goosebumps in the 90s because i am only a young fella and i used to be absolutely terrified i'd be terrified in bed i could barely get to sleep by nightmares were you ever terrified watching these movies at a young age or did you always know what oh they fuck were yeah you? i know
0: i was fucking terrified i used to just lie awake scared things were, i had would have nightmares and but i loved it you know at the same time um do you remember there's a i don't know um if if they had it when you were a kid but they had the scary stories to to tell in the dark
1: uh, when i was a kid and i think they had uh and are you afraid of the dark or something was that another one
0: oh that was that was a that was a tv show Yeah, yeah um there were a few episodes. I remember there was this like this weird clown episode. Um, and I think it was like a uh, Nickelodeon, like the, the Nick at night, like the snick they had.
1: Right. Um,
0: <laughs> and uh, they had this really weird clown episode. I remember that one specifically. Cause it scared the fucking Christ out of me. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but the scary stories to tell in the dark, that's like, a, that's a trilogy of kids books and right. the artwork for that, man, I just love that artwork. I would, cut off my arm to just have an original piece of that artwork to hang on my wall. I absolutely adore it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I suppose it goes without saying, cause we're both obviously fans of horror, but just for yourself and for the audience, why do you think you kept coming back then to the horror, especially, do you think it was something that other genres just didn't give? Was there an allure?
0: You know, it's, it's hard to say because I think I've thought about this often um wondering why horror now as an adult um to me horror is just one uh one aspect of my writing i write um, horror i write uh, sci-fi stuff more bizarre stuff um that's not necessarily horror at all um and i i but everything is dark and i really like that darkness um it's there's a lot to explore there and i find that it has says so much about the human condition. And even as a as a kid, I was kind of um, tapped into that a bit. And if I speak to any of my family members about it, they, they're always like, yeah, you know, you were always very, you were a dark kid. You're always a dark kid. You're always, if there's something dark going on, that's that's what you were interested in. You know, I used to collect the, the skeletons and the, I was really into the bugs as a kid and all sorts of, you know, the the weird fucking creepy shit. That was me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, so I must ask: Were you an only child then, or did you have siblings?
0: No, I've, I have a younger brother and a younger sister.
1: And are they fans of the macabre as well, or no?
0: Um, I don't think they have any issues with it. They like it, but they like it is. I don't think they like it as robustly as I do.
1: Right, I see. And then, just like jumping a little bit forward then when you were doing the writing and you had the little book. With the teachers sort of giving out and saying that everything was a bit too gory, etc. Did that like quell the writing spirit then for a while or how did it kind of manifest itself again? Because I know you said you went into film school. Why did you decide to kind of jump ship into more of the screen aspect before you went back to writing?
0: Um, Well, it, it didn't it didn't quell the writing at all. Um, it did quell me sharing as much, um, the kind of stuff that I wanted to write. I think that the first one that I, I wrote in that, that class was like this gory, uh, gory in quotation marks, you can't see because, you know, I was 10 years old. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so my flaming skulls that I thought was really cool, um, that kind of gave way to the, the the stuff like um, how did an elephant get a longer nose and and that kind of stuff that the other kids uh, were writing and teachers felt was more appropriate for my age. Um, But I was still really big into um, reading the horror and I just started, I would just, that's when I started keeping notebooks and I just had notebooks upon notebooks, just writing, 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 like the longest winding, most ridiculous um, tales of, nonsense but um it was I never really thought that it was I didn't think like oh I could be an author I was more still focused I didn't think writing or or any creative um there wasn't anything creative really that I could do as a job I was more geared towards being a veterinarian at that age um and later when I was in middle school I wanted to be an FBI agent and I was kind of Um, focused on that stuff as far as career stuff that was more practical and I just kind of did the writing um, off to the side just as like a hobby Um, and sometime in high school I realized that I didn't have the grades to do anything basically (laughs) so uh, I needed to uh, do something else that didn't require uh, the grades and I was always doing uh, artistic kind of stuff. And I thought, well, you know, I I was in photography at the time in high school. So I went to uh, community college to pursue uh, more artistic stuff. I got my fine arts degree thinking I was going to potentially get more into uh, photography, I had had a scholarship, uh, a small scholarship to another. um, uh, I can't remember what it was. Now off the top of my head, but in Buffalo, there's like a, um, a photography school, uh, that's there. And I had had a small scholarship to that or award or whatever it was that they called it. I didn't end up going, I didn't end up going there. I just went to the community college that was, uh, like a 30 minute drive away from me. Uh, but when I was there, that's kind of when I, I, I continued to explore the photography and, and the film and realized maybe, film was where I wanted to go. It wasn't until I was actually in uh, film school that I thought maybe the writing was the writing aspect. I didn't like the, um, I've never been a fan of the on-camera stuff. I never wanted to be the on-camera stuff. So, and the directing stuff and, and that kind of stuff is fun. Uh, but I really, I just really enjoyed the writing and I had never stopped. And it was, so it was kind of just a, that's when people, there was like screenwriting writing classes there and stuff and uh it seemed like that's when people really started talking about um that writing could be a career and it kind of dawned on me oh i could be a screenwriter
1: right yeah
0: which i couldn't be but
1: <laughs> you could anyone can be <laughs> you can I couldn't be it. and
0: make money at it
1: ah well yeah you have to keep playing <laughs> your playing your craft isn't that it But just going back then, you were saying in school you didn't really apply yourself. At that time, were you still continuing the writing? And at the same time, were you heavily into the reading? Was it hand in hand there? Was what was the main distraction would you have said?
0: Definitely hand in hand. I was. um, It's hard to say which was the main distraction. I I had I would sit in class and um, when I went to class, and I would just write, just fill up my notebooks, and, and they're going on and on about, you know, whatever I should have been paying attention to. Um, but I was more involved in, in what I was writing. And the thing about uh, when you're in school, especially then, because it, everything was analog, right? So I had just had a notebook. I didn't have an iPad or anything that I had to take notes or whatever the fuck kids do now in school. But... Um, So I could write stories and they thought that I was taking notes in class as opposed to, you know, it's hard to hide books under the in the in the desks there. Especially I think by the time I was in high school, they didn't have like a desk that you could put stuff in. It was just like a table kind of.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So by the time I was in high school, I was just just doing a lot of writing while I was in school. And I think the reading was more out of school.
1: Okay, so you were basically writing the stories that you wanted to be reading in school because you'd get caught with a book. <laughs> Is that what I have it there? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you still have those notebooks?
0: Um, No, I don't, unfortunately. Uh, I think I I ditched them a long time ago at some point.
1: <laughs> That's a pity. Was there anything that you picked up then and applied into... The couple of short stories and now your new novel is there any ideas that I uh, got picked up from those
0: um you know i think that i evolved in in my ideas because i think um a, a lot of times um the stuff that i was reading was very much like what i was writing it was very derivative so if i was reading uh something fantasy then I was writing something fantasy. If I was reading something about shapeshifters, I was writing something about shapeshifters. It wasn't, you know, exactly the same thing, but it was so derivative. Um,
1: Yeah. Change the names around.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I was a a kid, so it's not like I was selling. I was just having a great time uh, not paying attention in class. And (laughs) as as I got older, though... um, I think I started trying to uh, actually write stuff that that was different from the stuff that I was reading. And I, I think that's kind of a natural progression. I think that kind of happens with every writer that I, I tend to see the less experienced a writer, the more like everything else that person's writing is going to be. And then as they, I guess they call it developing your own style, your own voice, right?
1: Yes. Exactly. So the more
0: you write, the the more of a voice you have and at some point i gained a voice i guess
1: right and then how many actual stories did you end up writing before you felt confident to push it out into the world then
0: wait was i supposed to wait until i felt confident before i started pushing (laughs) it out into the world
1: (laughs) well was there any ones that you kind of brushed aside or felt weren't up to scratch before you actually decided to publish
0: Um, You know, I didn't write any short stories prior to my novel. Um, Disease, I did a bunch of of screenplays and that kind of stuff, and Disease was actually a screenplay uh, that was optioned by a producer in L.A. prior to me uh, novelizing it. And when I decided that I wanted to move over to fiction, that uh, screenwriting was not the career uh, path for me, uh, I just went ahead and, and dove right into a novel. And then after that, I was like, well, how do I, I gain readers? Maybe I should write some short stories. <laughs> so I started writing the short stories after the, the novel.
1: Right. So it was actually after the novel then that you did the shorts.
0: I tend to try to make things more difficult on myself. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't life only but a challenge in itself? So then obviously uh, we're talking about, we want to end up talking about disease today now because that's the main focus. Is it getting a wide release as of we're going to say tomorrow, but we're actually recording a week in advance, the 9th of March. So that's right. Would we like to talk a little bit about disease and maybe give us a sneak peek of what readers could expect there? Give us a tantalizing uh, little demo.
0: Okay. Well, um, First, uh, you know, just because it's my, my first novel and I hadn't wrote any uh, short stories doesn't mean that it's a piece of garbage. I wouldn't put out... That's uh, one thing that I'm I'm very big on is I really... Um, I try really hard to make sure that the work that I put out is proper. So even when... Does, I originally self-published Disease, um, and so I wrote it, and then I, I hired an editor to edit it because that's what you're supposed to do right you can't just put out unedited garbage um so i hired somebody to edit it and um i published it in this in the weirdest way possible just having no clue what the fuck i was doing i tried publishing it in cereals first um which was just an utter disaster
1: (laughs) not actual cereals that you eat now just actual new cereals like in parts is that right? Right.
0: Exactly. I tried publishing it. In...
1: <laughs> that it wasn't like in little booklets that were coming in uh, Frosties or something. Exactly. Captain Crunch.
0: <laughs> well, if I had been able to get into Captain Crunch, it would have been <laughs> a lot more successful and I could have scared a whole new generation of kids. Exactly. Although I have to say it's not kid appropriate and I wouldn't let my kids read this until they were um, in, well into their teens.
1: Right. Ooh, exciting. So yeah. <laughs> what exactly, so you said you were releasing it in serials. How did that work out initially then? Did you end up changing how you were posted after that?
0: I did. Um, that was uh, just one of probably the more ridiculous ideas that I had was to publish it in serials. Um, this is me brand new to the to the writing fiction game and the self-publishing game. And I had this great idea that I was going to publish this in serials because it would build up the, the hype. For it, and people would be so excited to read the next installment. But really, it was just um, not that people weren't excited, because people actually, to my surprise, they they really enjoy the book. But um, it was so confusing. It, people didn't understand what I was doing, um, and uh, it just was as far as like trying to publicize what I was doing and get the word out. It was just a nightmare so i ended up just putting it all together and being like fuck this shit and i and i reorganized everything um my entire marketing plan about a month later and i was like fuck it i'm just putting it all together in the in in the whole novel and releasing it as a novel because it's this is just a disaster the, the whole serial thing so thankfully um i was able to do that and then uh then people kind of understood they got it. Okay, so now you have a novel, not like a novel in six pieces or whatever I was doing, um, and I didn't do the serial thing properly either. That that I have to say, um, it's supposed to be kind of like episodic, like you're like you're um, reading a, like a TV show.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I did. I didn't do it that way because I broke up a novel, right?
1: Right. So you could <laughs> split it into chapters. Would that work at all?
0: Well, it was like, I think it was like five chapters, a serial is what right. I had. Okay. It was just dumb. It was like the dumbest idea, but <laughs> what, you know, when I go for things, I go for things sometimes. So, uh, but I revamped and I did, uh, put it out as a novel and that's, um, and I think I did that, uh, a lot better. And I, you know, I did the whole self-publishing thing and I really gave it, um, and I got reviews for a lot of from a lot of places and and people, they, they really seem to enjoy it. Like the reviews were, were really good. (laughs) I always feel weird. Like, you know, uh, I, I feel like I'm bragging when I'm like, Oh, this, this reviewer said this and this reviewer said that.
1: Well, this Uh, whole podcast is a brag so we can brag. away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess, uh, you know, I had uh, horroraddicts.net. Uh, there's a reviewer over there, uh, David Watson. He called it, uh, in his opinion, uh, better than The Walking Dead. And he said, um, uh, quote, uh, disease is the kind of book I would show to somebody when they ask me why I like to read horror. Um, I have, have had, uh, and, and that's, you know, I remember that off the top of my head because it's, I think it's on the front cover of my book now. My publisher threw it up there uh, because it's a very nice but that's kind of how uh, a lot of people have felt and it, it kind of uh encompasses that because even though it's a zombie story it's really about the characters and i put a lot i love zombies um i think that they're a great monster having grown up on that that diet of monsters i am i have a real soft spot for monsters uh and i kind of i consider zombies to be monsters um but they are played out in the way of, like, it's it can get really boring just to, like, okay, so what situation can you jam them in now where they all die and then uh, everything everybody's stupid and you're like, well, why the fuck couldn't they get away, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to me, it's more about the characters and the zombies are a catalyst for um, changing society and uh, pushing everybody into uh, situations that highlight... Uh, the problems that are already in our own society if that makes sense
1: yes no of course that's usually when you see something associated with zombies it's usually a metaphor for the breakdown of society and you know human morals etc they're never really the main threat there which is normally exactly the case. The good
0: the good stuff uh, you know it's the the boring stuff that's all about like oh the zombie monster it's chasing me and um but with the good stuff, it's more about the the story the plot and the characters. So that's really what disease is about. It's really I love gray characters so much. Um, by gray, I mean characters that uh, are morally ambiguous. Yes. And so uh that's a, those are the interesting characters to, to me to write. They those are um, to me, like Superman's not an interesting character. He's just like
1: good, right? He's the most boring character. <laughs> <laughs> he can do oh, God, everything. Yes. I don't know. if you have see the new Justice League. <laughs> he was basically just the king of everyone. He just killed everyone.
0: I ha I haven't seen it, but that's that kind of sums up a lot of superhero stuff. Where I'm just like, oh, they're just. But that's I don't know if you've seen the um, was it like the Jessica Jones and like that kind of stuff on Netflix, Daredevil and that kind of stuff. I
1: I've watched a little bit of Daredevil. I've watched one episode of Jessica Jones. I can't keep up with Marvel anymore. There's too much going on.
0: I know they have a lot of stuff. Um, my husband's really into comic books in the Marvel universe and that kind of stuff. So we've watched all of those. Uh, the only one that I disliked was Iron Fist. It just makes me laugh all the time. But because <laughs> it's just so it's so bad. But <laughs> I mean, it's not that like, you know, like I don't want to poop on like all the whatever they have going on. It's just, it's, you know, it's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little lighthearted for me, but the other stuff is really what's interesting about the characters is they're so gray. Um they might be the good guy, but they have a lot of demons themselves. Uh and there's always uh for some of them like for Daredevil, uh I really like Daredevil a lot because like they they always allude to like he enjoys beating the fuck out of these people, right?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And that's that's a and that's one reason that Batman's so cool too, right? He's he's kind of has that, that darker, uh, personality, but he's the good guy, but he's, you know, has it like, he's got demons as well. And I kind of do that with disease, not that any of them are superheroes or anything. So please don't get that idea in my little diatribe over to the side, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) there, the people, um, are for the most part, very gray. And, uh, you don't know, like, you know, there's some, some that are worse than others for sure. But everybody has their, you can't just make them black and white for the most part.
1: Right. And then when did you actually first pen the novel then? How long has it been kind of gestating for a wider release?
0: Uh, Well, I signed with Stitch Smile in uh, October last year. Uh, It's been about 18 months right that's it so it's been it's been with uh stitch smile which is my publisher for about 18 months um prior to that it was on wattpad um and that's where it it was featured on wattpad that's like a whole process where they actually actually somebody at
1: wattpad do you know what wattpad is i don't actually know i'm not familiar with it for those in the audience who also might not be familiar can you explain to us
0: Okay, so Wattpad, from what I understand, is uh, one of the largest reading platforms in the world. It's um, It used to be free. I think they have a premium version now where you have to to pay, but essentially it's just like a bunch of people come on. It's like kind of like a social network slash writing thing, so people can write whatever they want, and they can post whatever they want, and it can be kind of a shit show in that, as far as that goes, but uh, there is actually some, some good stuff. And so what they do is because everything is just kind of like anybody uh, can just write whatever they want and publish whatever they want up there for anybody to read for free, they made um, like featured lists. So they what they do is they curate these featured lists and... So somebody there at WaPod actually sits down and they read the story and they're like, okay, this is a great story. So we're going to make this the featured list. And then depending on uh, how many votes and stuff it gets when it's on the featured list is when it, it moves rank. So uh, disease was read, um, deemed appropriate for the horror list. And then uh, people started voting on it and stuff, and it and it made number one, and it was number one for a little while. Um, it has lots of reads, and what's really cool about the platform is people like uh, they comment as they read it, so they'll like highlight a little bit, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, what the fuck? This is so awesome!" All or right, yeah. You know, so it was really really interesting for that time period. It's no longer on Wattpad. Um, just the first chapter uh, for a little sample there, if you want to read it. Now you got to buy it. So. <laughs> But um, so I did Wattpad and then my publisher was interested in it. And uh, so I've been waiting around, kind of hanging out, uh, writing other stuff and uh, waiting for disease to come out once again.
1: Right. So I must ask, seeing as you did mention, it's a zombie themed, I wouldn't say a zombie novel, but a zombie themed novel for your first novel. Why? did you choose zombies as a setting especially in a what most would consider now a dead genre pun intended how did you go about carving your niche within the niche to kind of make it well
0: when i first came up with this idea i think walking dead was that i think actually uh walking dead was uh had not was it wasn't a show or it had only been on for a season or two? I can't really remember the exact um, time frame there because it had been a screenplay first. So I wrote this as a screenplay just as um, I wrote it because I was like, I love zombies and I want to write something zombies. So I just wrote something zombies yep. because I, why not? Because zombies are fun. And it, then once it was a, a screenplay, then it was option to buy a producer. That that and this is why I ended up leaving the industry is because trying to get something made once you've written it is really uh, really hard. There's a lot of money that's involved, and because of that, it makes it very difficult. I mean, yeah, it's so all like a big he's got the cash, kind of right? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So trying to make a feature with Zombies, uh, I mean, we were looking at a minimum of a $1.5 million budget. They had uh, issues raising that budget. I think they raised uh, 50 or 75% of the budget, but they couldn't do the whole thing. And when the rights came back to me, I was actually really happy because I had been thinking at that point that I thought I would love to expand on it because a screenplay is about 100, 110 pages. Um, So it's kind of it's like a short story almost, but in a way that you have to tell a novel within a short story. Right. So with the novel, I had a lot of time to be able to uh, expand and delve into the side characters and um, the backstories for a lot of stuff that I wasn't able to do with the screenplay. And I really enjoyed that quite a bit.
1: Right. And then I guess to kind of fall back on what you originally wanted to do with the book. Would you ever think of serializing and adapting it back for maybe the small screen, like television?
0: Uh, Yeah, I definitely would. I think that it would make a great movie. I think that because of just uh, myself personally, I'm a very visual person and then um, to come from a background of a visual medium, like, Uh, film to go into writing a book i think that i have a very visual way of writing Uh, and it lends itself to screen adaptation
1: right and then because i don't know like obviously with the successes of the walking dead there's been a whole like plethora of imitators etc but have you seen uh the asylum's z nation which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek take on zombies
0: uh i think i watched the first episode or two i'm, I'm not sure that i got past that was it i think it was on netflix like it showed up on netflix maybe a yeah few yeah it was, on, years I ago. Think it was
1: on recently enough yeah they've released a few more seasons but just i suppose what i'm asking is What, uh, like, is it a comedy? Do you play it serious? Like, what what kind of vibe is there in disease?
0: Uh, I would say that disease is very, very dark and very, very serious. There's I I wouldn't call it a comedy in in any respects at all.
1: (laughs) Is there elements of humor? Is there lighter moments throughout? Or is it going to be something like the road where you just want to slit your wrists? No, no,
0: it's not the road. I think I try to generally... um, You know i really i enjoyed the road but the problem like you said after watching the road is just something you just want to slit your wrists after and i i tend to i try not to do that to to my readers i find um i'm it's great because my husband does not like that kind of stuff and although i gear naturally towards just uh making everybody want to go out in the backyard and dig their own grave and lie (laughs) down in it (laughs) he's he he really doesn't like that and he'll point it out every time and he's like he'll just be like man this is just too depressing it's too depressing why are you kicking your reader in the balls like this (laughs) and uh so i that's kind of rubbed off on me a bit where i just i i veer away from my natural tendencies just to just destroy everybody in the end no matter what so i try now to Make sure that there's a i wouldn't say levity but i try to make it not so dark that everybody just is they just want to die after reading it i think that and he makes a fair point uh when he's talking about it's just um you know you're along for the ride right and you really you're so invested and you just want to you don't want to feel so terrible when it's okay for you know once in a while for for a thing but i when you're when you're doing like a, a novel or something like that you need some sort of like you want to pay the reader off a bit like you know almost like thanks for reading
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> i won't i won't make you want to hang yourself
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course so would your husband then get like first read on everything would you uh run it by him as sort of the b- barometer of the casual reader
0: uh i'm really lucky uh that i have my my husband reads uh, the majority of my stuff and then I also have uh, two friends who are writers as well and they read uh, the best majority of my stuff as well and um, I take all three of their consensus when I'm writing my stuff because they're all they're all highly intelligent people and they make really good points um, when they're reading and it's it's I think it's really it's to me writing isn't necessarily a solitary activity you can't write good stories in a vacuum. Somebody has to read them. And it's nice to have that. Uh, those beta readers, I guess, right there, With instead of just storing it out to the public. Because you end up being getting too close to the material sometimes and you don't see, or the things that you're trying to do don't necessarily come across. Where, because they're in your head, you think that they do. Yeah. Maybe something's too subtle, for instance. And they're like, well, I, I didn't really get this part. And you're like, oh, well, this was supposed to happen. But if if everybody's saying that they didn't get that part. Yeah, I've seen that, that a lot that, when
1: talking to people where it's like, what what did you mean by this? And they're like, oh, well, it was like this and the next in my head. And you're like, no, that didn't come across at all. Yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking?
0: I find that that's, uh, that's one issue that I try to, uh, that used to happen to me more in the past, but not as much now. Um, that I would be too subtle about stuff. I would always worry that I was being too on the nose about stuff. And I, would, I wouldn't write stuff as, I guess, maybe as big or as obvious as uh, it should have been. Uh, because in my head, I knew it. And I knew it so well in my head that I was like, oh, everybody's going to guess this. Everybody's going to know. So write it real, real small. And then people would read it and they'd be like, well, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, but this and this and this. And they're like, yeah, you have to fix it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I've done that now, and I, I don't really have that, that problem as much anymore.
1: Right. Well, you have you, you have me really energized to read it. I know we barely even scratched the surface of what the plot might contain. We know it has zombies in it and it's some sort of disease. And we're talking today just prior to the release of disease. But do you have any follow-up to it? I know you mentioned there you just wanted to... Expand at some stage. Do you have any uh, sort of follow-up novel for disease going? Maybe Gang Green the musical.
0: <laughs> well, I, right now I'm working on a a, a different novel uh, that has that's not part of the disease universe. I had originally planned this as part of a trilogy. I'm not sure if I'm going to to get there or not. Just because right now, as a as a writer, I'm kind of tapped out on the universe, so I may eventually do the the sequel and then I think that the third one is actually going to be a prequel but um, I may get I may get there but right now I'm kind of expanding into, to other things with the exception of um, there's I did write a little short like a novelette kind of thing um, and if you'll forgive me for this blatant plug of my work no this is work. All about plugs <laughs> but uh, Disease you can pre-order Disease right now um, and even When you listen to this if you're listening to it the day before release you can still pre-order disease it goes live on the 9th uh so on the 8th when i have my online release party which you are all invited to Mm. you can (laughs) you can uh you can pre-order disease and if you do that then i wrote a little novelette it's about 50 pages ish that is a tie-in to disease so there's it's like um it's called maxima and uh, there's there's a dog in disease at some point, kind of like a little side character thing. And uh, I was always intrigued by his story, so I wrote his story. Excellent. And so you can get that for free if you pre-order the novel. All you have to do is, uh, if you go over to my, my website, then it has all the, the information on how you can go ahead and, and get that a copy of that for yourself.
1: Excellent, that sounds great. Everyone, are you listening? you got to get pre-ordering. <laughs> and get those. Is it going to be an ebook freebie or is it on paperback to Maxima?
0: It is an ebook freebie because uh, I can't afford to send out everybody <laughs> paperbacks, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> of course. Can't <laughs> be sending them all out for free. So it's all been highs this evening, but I must ask, what has been the harshest criticism you've received or has generally everything been good so far?
0: I think um everything's been pretty good some people have complained about the it's it's weird because it's such a subjective thing whereas i've had people be be like uh okay so this is a horror book with zombies right so i would expect a certain level of gore uh and if you're gore phobic then don't fucking read my book but i really fucking want you to read my book so
1: <laughs> <laughs> is there like a so, redacted version with like black streaks to it maybe people can read
0: just just read quickly over the gore the, the gory parts. Like I said, I'm a visual I'm a visual writer, I think, um, and I can I go into detail with a with a lot of the gore, but it's not like I don't feel that it's unnecessary. and the the vast majority of my readers don't feel that it is unnecessary because we're in a world that's populated by zombies. and one of the the things about zombies is if you just say there's a zombie walking by, that's that's kind of boring but if you really want to showcase the horror that is in this world like the what is what these characters have to go through I mean to see some of this stuff that they would have to see would just be supremely intense and and as a reader you have to experience just a taste of what the characters would experience otherwise you won't be able to understand their headspace uh within the world so to me that's that's what it's about and i, I think that the vast majority of readers have agreed with me on that point but some people feel that uh the gore is a little um above and beyond so i mean it's a subjective thing i don't like like torture porn and that kind of stuff i'm not really a gore person for the sake of gore so mm-hmm. i don't think it's it's that but i would say that would be my harshest crit- criticism Is some people have said that
1: right and then i suppose a little smaller question I know with a name like disease but are the zombies are they romero's are they infected type 28 days later what kind of zombies do you have in your world
0: ah well you know i actually have both zombies
1: Ooh, you had both that's past tense there now
0: no no I have i have oh you
1: have Ooh, yes <laughs> that's i do i
0: have both um so i have fast zombies and slow zombies and to me there's a science Behind it, I kind of ignored whatever anybody else has going on. Right. But uh, if you, to me, if you're a zombie and you're kind of human being-ish and you don't have a lot of damage and you're not falling apart and that kind of stuff, then I would say you're probably going to be fast after you die. Uh, you're going to be a fast zombie especially like if you're really into cardio or that kind of stuff but you know if you were coming out of the ground or you got fucked up before you died which is a really good possibility so maybe you're missing body parts and and that kind of stuff and directly after you die as well because after after you die i would say you're a slow zombie because of rigor mortis at least in in my book rigor mortis is a thing so rigor mortis makes you slow for those uh that's that small period of time that that you have rigor and then after that if you have no damage uh and you're not incredibly obese then you're probably a fast zombie and other than that a lot of the zombies are slower than zombies because they're messed up as well one fun thing about my zombies i always I, at least i I like this part. I don't know if other people think it's fun. Is that uh, my zombies are just built to consume, so they eat and they eat and they eat. And I was kind of always wondered what happens. Like, what happens when a zombie eats? So they're eating and they have brains, and they and they need to eat. And what happens if they need to take a shit after? Like, what's going on? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> like, what's the what's the point of this this consuming? So to me, that's uh, they eat and eat and eat. And they burst their stomachs and they just continue to consume and the, the everything that they're eating is just falling out of their their stomach cavity and they'll even eat their own intestines again and re-eat yes um, yeah, yeah, the
1: definitely. old
0: stuff that they've eaten. And that's that's also where the smell um comes from them in my mind is actually the the rotten uh meat that they've consumed. It's not themselves. Yeah. That's a big uh, big issue that I have with Walking Dead yeah, watching that's it. Actually...
1: It's something I thought about only briefly, but it's something that's never really considered, is it? Where does all the food go? Because they can't say eat, but their stomachs would burst at some stage, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, or there's have to be big zombie shits all over the
1: place. <laughs> I wouldn't like <laughs> to smell those on top of the smell.
0: No, <laughs> and uh, but uh, in the Walking Dead too, they um, they're so easy to to um like they burst their heads and stuff. They're kind of mushy and and nasty, and I, I have a trouble like. Um, they they're like, it's. I don't know about the the comic because I didn't get a chance to ever read the comic. But with the show, they kind of no bounce the comic back and
1: is as the same where it's just like they're made out of sponge or styrofoam practically.
0: My zombies are not sponge, uh, bob zombies. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're actually you know dangerous. They're hard to kill. If you shoot one in the head, you have to get it properly. It's not like. If you shoot off half its head and it still has a good portion of its brain, it's still going to come and eat you.
1: You have to get the brain stem or something to that effect. Yeah, you have to get it. it,
0: Exactly. You have to get it properly. um, And they're they're dangerous right until, you know, as long as that, that brain is going, that head is dangerous.
1: Yeah. Well, I have loads of questions on the zombies, but I'm sure... If I read the book and I had more questions, you'd be happy to answer them. But I have one really pressing question now. Is it's probably the hardest question of the night. You might you might tell me after. If you had a twelve-hour head start right now, there was an impending zombie apocalypse. What would you do? W- given that they were the zombies, as you just described, how would you prep, or would you be part of the horde? What do you reckon?
0: uh well i the very first thing that, that i would do is i'd have to to make sure that i had wherever my family was they could be all over the place my husband could be at work my, my kids could could be in school or you know yeah, wherever they were it's, so, ar-
1: it's after you hang up with me right now you get a, a text your friend has it on the dl he works for i don't know norad <laughs> or something like that there's a zombie invasion coming from russia You don't know you get 12 hours what you do right now in the next hour what, what so i do? grab
0: i grab my kids and and actually i'm i'm somewhat of a prepper so i have um a bunch of stuff uh like uh i've got a whole cupboard of of canned goods and that kind of stuff with the just we we don't eat eat them they're just there for like the apocalypse um i've got my bug out bags and that kind of stuff so the very first thing we do is uh pack up the kids grab uh, some changes of clothes oh and, and the dog too we don't want to forget our dog and um We'd grab the bug out bags and all of the the canned goods and anything non-perishable in the house to load that all up into the car, go get uh, gas and fill up uh, gas containers. And uh, we live in the city, so get the fuck out of the city. And I'd probably uh, plot my way towards the Rocky Mountains as I heard that the Rocky Mountains are so sparsely populated. That's the place to, to survive. The apocalypse, the zombie
1: apocalypse. Excellent. Well, as I said earlier, uh, we're snowed in now for the next five days, and all I bought today was a frozen pizza and a six-pack of beer. (laughs) (laughs) I am not really prepped in the slightest for this weather, so I think I'd be dead. I'd be chasing you in the horde up to the Rocky Mountains. I'd say we could nearly start winding down now anyway. We got a lot there today. But, um, MF, where could we find you online if people want to get the book etc. for tomorrow's release where can we find that
0: okay so the best spot uh to find me and this is where you can you can check out my book trailer i have a really really fucking dynamite book trailer that will make that. you want it's to buy really my book cool.
1: <laughs> that's what got me going
0: and, and uh, well it's uh it's uh, my that's all my husband's doing um and the animators that worked on it and the whole whole thing um he, they know what they're they're doing there but um so check out the the book trailer you can check out the the reviews that I've already had um, and you can see the synopsis for the the book you can even read the very first chapter for free and that's all on my website uh, which would be WWW M F wall is in Mary Frank not actually what mf stands for but
1: (laughs) very (laughs) secret you don't want your you don't want your aliases being given out now before the impending apocalypse people might find (laughs) it
0: so uh mf wall w a h l dot com and uh that's where you that's that's my mecca you can find all that stuff there and then if you want to kind of go away from the mothership um there you can uh, you can find my Twitter there. You can find my, my Facebook. My newsletter is a great thing to sign up for. If you want to know what's going on, there's a sign up for it there. I've got my sparsely populated blog. Uh,
1: <laughs> you don't even uh, want to see my blog. I think the last post was March last year. <laughs> they're right. hard
0: to upkeep. They really are.
1: They are. Well, uh, a uh, yeah. Is that everything? So the landing page is basically website i'll have everything in the show notes anyway but just, is there anything else there's no instagrams you didn't hear of the new vero coming out this week everyone's talking about it you know I, well
0: unfortunately i'm not really um really super tech savvy i'm not uh i'm a what is it a Zenial? i'm not a millennial so i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i'm not right on top of it yeah um i have the instagram the instagrams um i think i'm uh, mf Wall author there but if you go to my website my website will tell you and <laughs> um, that's uh yeah you can check it you can you can Google uh, or not Google Amazon you can check out disease on Amazon if you put on uh, disease by MF wall it's uh, there with my previous book cover uh, I think is like the highlighted Amazon thing right now I have a new book book cover through the uh, publisher which is quite nice as well it is Um yeah, it's really, she does a really really good job with that really nice artwork. But yeah, everything's there and uh, if you you have the time you can pick up that if you order it on pre-sale now, you can pick up that free ebook, the fifty book or fifty page ebook about the, the little Maxima, there. Uh, cute little pooch. I'm a big animal fan, so I had to write something about the animals.
1: Yeah, exactly. Guys, if you're listening now today on the day of release Get that pre-sale in and we all want to know what happens a dog. I hope it doesn't die in the end. I'll be very upset.
0: You'll have to read a disease to find out.
1: Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Well, Mrs. Wall, it was a pleasure having you on this evening. It was great chatting with you and great insight. I really do want to read that book now. I'll definitely get it read and hopefully get a, a review out in a timely manner. I know I couldn't get it before the release. That's why I'm having you on today to talk about it
0: thank you thank you very much i really appreciate uh being on it's it's been a lot of fun and uh you put up with my 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 yapping so
1: <laughs> no this is what it's a talk show it's all about the talking <laughs> <laughs> well excellent stuff you have an enjoyable rest of your evening i will talk again soon
0: great thank you very much
1: and that everyone was my chat with mf wall i hope you enjoyed it Really insightful, and I am really pumped to read Disease. I think it's going to be a cracker, and I think you should go out and get it before it's out tomorrow. Get those pre-order goodies, as I said. All the links will be in the show notes. And as always, you can find me on Twitter mainly at the Fair Merchant, fairmerchant.com. I've now tried this new Vero. I'm not really too impressed, but if you're on Viro, add me on that. Say hello. And, as always, I will ask, if you're enjoying the show, just to like, subscribe, write a review, get the wider word, recommend to a friend, get them to say that they sent you. I won't keep you waiting any longer. You enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll see you again for the next episode. Take care. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me besides Flipper, here? This is embarrassing.